Okay, so we continue on our series together. And I am taking us through 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verses wherever my eye will land on. I'll start reading from there. Okay, so we are reading from First Corinthians chapter 12, and I have been given from verse 12, but I'll start from verse 9. It says, the same spirit gives great faith to, to another, and to someone else the spirit gives the gifts of healing. It gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ab- ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to, to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is, it is the one spirit. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all the, these gifts he alone decides which gift each person should have. And going... No. Uh, from verse 12, it says, The human body has many parts, but many parts make up the one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I'm not the hand, that does not make it it less a part of the body. If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, what would would that make it less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Amen. So allow me to start by telling you a story that I once had. I'm not so much of a storyteller, so I might not do justice to it, but Don't listen to my storytelling abilities. Listen to the message that is in the story. The story goes, one day the different parts of the body decided to hold a meeting and decide who was the most important part of the body. The eye said, surely I am the most important. Without me, the body can't see anything and it will be in danger of bumping into things or even falling into a ditch. The air protested, no ways. 
I listen for danger and I listen for everything else that's happening around. I am definitely the most important. The hand said, we do all the work. We are the most important. The feet and the legs also argued their case. We carry the heavy load. Without us, the body would go nowhere. So the meeting went on, each part of the body stating its case. And they all stated their case and say they are all important. And until it came to the bottom, the bottom said, I certainly am the most important. Without me, you can't function. But all the body parts roared in unison. Shut up, bottom. What do you know? No one even sees you. So what makes you think you are important? In utter despair, the bottom kept quiet and made a decision that since he wasn't a valued member of the body, he'll stop serving the body and let the important parts of the body do all the, work of, all the hard work. So day one went on. Uh, everything ran as normal, no problem. Day two, stomach began to fill up and began to feel quite uncomfortable and wondered what had gone wrong. As the days went by, each part of the body began to feel the effects. The feet and the legs started swelling and aching. The eyes started weeping. The hands started swelling and aching. The whole body started feeling weak and it started shutting down. The body parts wondered what had gone wrong. So they called another meeting to discuss this, this terrible issue they were facing. They wanted to find out who wasn't carrying out their duty as should be. So together the body parts come and gathered and wondered what has happened. So they realized that Bottom had stopped working because he was not a valued member of the, of the body. So they came together in agreement and they asked Bottom to resume his duties because without him, the body wouldn't function. So, as soon as Bottom started doing his work, the body began functioning normal again. And they realized that no matter how hidden or how small the part of the body, it was needed by the body. So, what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is we are part of a body as we read in the scripture. And likewise, Paul writes that as members of the same body, we all have got different functions within the body. And all the body parts must work together in order to fulfill the mandate that has been given by Christ. And that mandate is to serve the Lord, is to go out and make disciples. It doesn't matter what your origins are. It doesn't matter what color skin you are. It doesn't matter what your abilities are. You are still part of that one body. Verse 13 says, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, and some are slaves, and some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body, and we share the same spirit. We come into that body 
not because we choose to, but we come into that body because we have been chosen to belong into that body and we have been given a unique part that we need to fulfill within the body. So there's one thing that holds us together as part of the body. It is the spirit of he who baptized us in, in, in the spirit. It is the spirit of Jesus Christ. If you are a Christian, it doesn't matter what denomination you belong to, you are part of that one body. You have been baptized by the same spirit. In other words, we are co-heirs with Christ. We have the promise that we shall receive that eternal prize, which is the inheritance at the end of the day. We will inherit the kingdom of heaven. But while we wait, we need to remember and respect the fact that God has gifted us with his spirit, which allows us to function as the members of the body. So having a gift is what God has given us. You might see me, uh, I don't usually come onto the stage to sing, because when I sing, I have to think about it, whether to sing tenor or baritone or soprano, because I'm not gifted in that area. However, there are other things that I, I may be really gifted in, which you may not be gifted in. So, let us not downplay the giftings and say, oh, I'm just nothing. It's undermining what God has put to you. Humbling yourself. I listened to somebody that described humility as not thinking less of yourself, but humility is thinking of yourself less. You are still there. You still have got everything that is within you, but you're not thinking about you. You're thinking about other people, how that gift that you have within you can save other people within the church. If I had a, a, a camera and took a photo and printed uh, all the, that photo and gave each one of you a copy, who would you look for on that photo? Who is the first person that you look for? It's looking for yourself. Naturally, we, we tend to think about ourselves. And I'll look into that photo to see how well do I look on the photo. And if I'm, I'm satisfied that I look well, then that photo is a good photo. <laughs> and if I don't look well, it's not, it's not good a photo. But it is not about thinking about yourself. It is about thinking about other people and looking around how can I best serve in, in this atmosphere that I've walked into. Many a time you walk into a room and, or a meeting or place of eating and everyone is focused on the screen. I normally give an example where young people are sitting next to each other and they are texting each other instead of talking to each other. We need to change that culture. It is not what we have been called into. We have been called to love 
each other just as Christ has loved us. So being, being humble does not mean Sorry, I've just lost my notes. I'll get there in a second. So being humble does not mean putting yourself down. It is about putting others up, building others up. It is about acknowledging that, yes, I've got these strengths, but I've got also these weaknesses, weaknesses. And allowing others to build you on those weaknesses and using your strengths to build others as well. So when we do that, this allows us to come together and be united as a church. It allows us to put Jesus at the center of everything. And in, in everything that we do, we need to make sure that our life is secular and in the center is Jesus that holds everything together. The same applies to the church that we are in. We are held together in place by Christ. Think of it like a, a bicycle wheel. It has got a big circle and it's got a lot of spokes or wires that run from the end into the middle. And that middle is the axle, and the axle is the one that drives the wheel. Without the axle, the wheel cannot go anyway. The same applies to the church. Without Christ, the church cannot go anyway. So we need to come together and be held by that axle, which is Christ. And when we do that, Matthew 18 18 says, I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three are gathered as my followers, I am there among them. So, it's talking about two people agreeing on something that the Father will do. Can you imagine the power of all of us here coming together and agreeing on something? How mighty will be the power of that? Can you just imagine how we'll be able to move things So I've been gifted with my individual giftings, which are different from yours. And you've also got your individual gifts, which are different to mine. They are all unique and they are all God-given. Like the story that I told earlier on, we are all part of the church and we are all part of the members of the body, which is the, which is the church. And we play a different part in, in the church. And there is only one supreme power, and that is Christ Jesus. And it is him that holds us together. It is him that ensures that all parts are working as they should. And those parts should be functioning for the equipping and edifying of the church. 
And Jesus speaking in Matthew 12:25. He says, Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, Any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town of families splintered by feuding will fall apart. Simple version says, A house divided among itself will not stand. So if we are a church and we are divided, then there is no unity within us. We, we cannot expect that the work of Christ will succeed because we are not united. Christ calls us into unity as a church. So we therefore need to seek to unite so that we can stand. As Paul writes in Ephesians 6 verse 10, he says a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all the God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we do not fight, or for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly space, places. So if we are fighting such a battle, it is not a battle that we can fight individually. It is a battle that we need to come together as the children of God and put him in the center of it and allow him to fight for us. The battle that we're fighting is a fierce one and that battle needs all parts of the body to work together in harmony. And as we do, we will be able to, to defeat the powers that we're fighting against. We'll be able to stand against whatever force comes our way. Coming back to our passage, verse 14 says, Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that make it less part of the body? And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not the eye, will that make it less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? So Paul is showing us here that we are all different parts that are needed by the body to be able to function. So don't downplay your giftings. Don't downplay your part within the, 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 the body of Christ. Come as you are and contribute what God has given you and you will be able with other people to come together and move the, the work of the Lord forward. So in, in our house group uh, during this week, uh, some of you will be familiar with the, with the story. We were, we were taught about potatoes. Does anyone know what a potato is? Yes, James? You do? What can you do with a potato? Cook it? Good answer. How? You can fry it, okay? And what would you have when you fry a potato? Yeah, when you fry it, what do you get? 
fried potato. <laughs> okay, you get a fried potato, or you could get chips. Okay, uh, what else can you get from a potato? You can mash it. Okay, how else can you cook it? Potato waffles. Okay, you can boil it. Yeah. Roasted potato, jacket potato, okay, crisps, okay, brilliant. So, vodka, <laughs> uh, vodka is, is one of the ways, yeah, uh, but that takes uh, a lot of uh, not cooking potatoes. <laughs> okay, so when you cook the potato, uh, it gives you what's called a serving, and you can only eat the potato once. Once you've eaten it, it's gone. You can't eat it again. And as you eat it, it provides you with the nutrients and vitamins that are stored within the potato. So, unlike potatoes, we serve God but we, we don't serve God once. We can serve God in many ways. And our service is continual. We don't serve once and it's forgotten. We continue to serve God throughout. So I just want you to think about the ways that you can serve God and the ways that you can come together with those that are around you and work together to serve God. So the, the potatoes that we, we had were really small potatoes, and you couldn't make uh, anything out of it to feed even a baby. So we were told that in order to make something that is constructive or that is wholesome, you needed a lot of potatoes together and cook them to make a meal that will feed uh, everyone that was within the group. So everyone, every one of us is different and every one of us has got a specific responsibility or a specific duty. Uh, Dave, can I ask a favor, please? Can I ask you to read for me from Ephesians chapter 4? Verses 1 through to 11. Try that one. Ephesians 4, 1 to 11, please. Hello. So, therefore, I, a prisoner... For serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. 
There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scripture says, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. I'm going to 11, did you say? Please, yeah. Okay. Notice that obviously God hasn't given me the gift of memory. Um, Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Amen. Thank you. So Paul here talks about unity, how unity is key in the building of the church. And to build unity is one of the Holy Spirit's gifts. It is important. The Holy Spirit leads you if you are willing to be led by him. And he he allows you to do your part within the body. But for you to allow him to do, for him to do that, you need to allow him you need to be willing to be used by the Holy Spirit. There may be times where we come to church and we sit next to someone. We don't usually talk to them and we'll just say hello and goodbye. And for some reason, we think that person is odd, so we can't really get along with them. That's not part of the body. Part of the body says, get to know that person. Get to know what their unique gifting is. Get to know what is it that you can learn from them. What is it that God is teaching you through that person? And as you do, you'll realize that the relationship that you have with that person becomes better, it becomes stronger. And if we all do that, we will get to know each other, we'll truly know each other, and we will build on that knowledge of each other, and we'll become a church that is truly united. Because we know each other's weaknesses. We know how we can support each other in those times of weaknesses. We know how we can meet each other's needs. But if we come and say hello, goodbye, then that's not being authentic. We are not being an authentic church. So let's take time as a church to know each other. Let's take time to build each other. And let's take time to examine ourselves and know what it is that Christ is calling us to do. How, how we need to live, what, what life we need to live as Christians. When God created Adam, he said, 
it is not good for men to be alone. That means we, are not, we were not built to be lone creatures. We were built for relationship. And you cannot have a relationship alone. That's not a relationship. You need other people to be in order to be in a relationship. And to do that, you need to come to people. We need to shy away from our devices and, and focus on people that are around us. Yes, devices are good. They, they help us communicate with other people. But let's, let us not ignore the people that are in the room and seek attention for people that are not, are not there. So let's work together in harmony that each one of us bring their unique gifting. Let us build the house of the Lord together and let us not get tired of doing good. After all, there will be a time when we need to account for what we have been given. If we remember the parable of the, of the talents, the master gave one five talents, the other three, and the other one. The one that had one went and buried his talent. The other two worked them and they doubled them. So what are you doing with your talents? Are you making them work? Or are you burying them so that they, they don't waste away? They won't, they, won't, they won't multiply and they won't develop if you bury them away. You are just as good as someone that hasn't got anything if you bury your talent away. Uh, next slide, please. Okay. Uh, Paul is talking about unity there again. Somehow lost it on my notes. So that's Romans chapter 12. And it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because, all he, because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let the... But let God transform you into a new person by, the change, by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a, specific, a special function. So, so it is with, the Christ, with Christ's body. 
We are many parts of one body and we belong to each other. We are many parts of one body and we belong to each other. So someone said, your name should be written in my heart and my name should be written in your heart. It shouldn't be my name that's written in, on my heart. It's not thinking by, about others. It's not being there for others. It's being there for myself. But in all things, let us, let us have each other's names written on our hearts so that whatever we do, we think of others first before we think of ourselves. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On the judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name. We performed miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. Is your worship to please people or is your worship to please God? Are you doing things so that you can be seen by people, so that people can say, oh, he is a devout Christian? Or are you doing things to please God so that God sees your heart and he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to urge us this morning that time is short. We, we don't know how much time we have got left. We live in, in, in really dangerous times and it is time that we reevaluate how we live, how our walk is with God, and change things around and come to Him. He, he is a gracious God. He forgives us. He says He's faithful and just to forgive all our sins if we confess them. And He also says, Come, let us reason together. Even if your sins are as red as scarlet, I'll wash them as white as snow. So it is time for us to reevaluate how we live our lives and turn back to him and allow him to guide us, allow his spirit to lead us and show us the, direct, the, the direction that we ought to go. He says we will hear, whether we turn to the left or to the right, we will hear that small still voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. Are we listening for that small still voice? It's not going to shout which means all the other voices will be louder than that voice. So you need to be listening attentively. Can I have the final slide, please? Uh, I think it's the very last one. So, as part of the body, the church needs you. Your unique gifting 
is really vital within the church. Think about what you can bring to the church. It could be just your time that is really valuable. Uh, I think, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, I think it's uh, Tim Hughes. Uh, he says he's a, a, a really well-known worshiper. Before he was given the opportunity to play in the church, he would come in and want him to go and play in the band. And the pastor would say, oh, can you arrange the chairs, please, and make sure the chairs are all well done. And that went on for a, a number of months. He will come into the church, and the pastor will say, arrange the chairs. The pastor knew the, his capabilities, his, his uh, gifting. However, him arranging the chairs was a way that he was tested to see how well he will, treat, he will uh, conduct himself. And he did that faithfully without fail up to a time where the pastor said, okay, you can go on to the bend now and lead, lead worship. So you might, you might come here and have the most uh, wonderful gifting and you are asked to do the chairs or sit, uh, sweep the, the courtyard or whatever it is that you are asked to do. Do that. It's part of serving God. The Bible says everything that we do, we must do as unto the Lord, not as unto men. So, I just want to remind you this morning that you are important, you are valuable in the church, and God wants you to do what he has called you to do. It may not happen immediately, it might take time, and that time is you being trained, being equipped to be able to do that calling. So, it might be that you are sitting here or you are listening uh, via Zoom this morning and you don't have that relationship with, with Christ. It might be you have made a commitment but you have drifted away. So I want to give us an opportunity this morning to put things right. If you know that you, you haven't got a relationship, ask yourself this question you were to die in the next 24 hours, where would you go? Where would you end up? Is your future sorted? If you don't know Christ, then that means your future is not sorted. If you haven't got that relationship, your future is not sorted. And it's not too late for you to have that relationship with Christ. He calls us to repent and follow him, to take our cross and follow him. And when we do, we become that part of his family. So I want to give us an opportunity this morning with all eyes closed and head bowed, heads bowed down. If that is you this morning that would like to make that commitment, I just want you to slip your hand up and put it down. 
If you want to make that commitment, slip your hand up and put it down again. If you have drifted away and you feel you are walking away from Christ, also slip your hand up. I'm going to lead us into prayer. Father God, we thank you, O oh Lord God, that you are a good God. We thank you, Lord God, that you know our hearts. And Father, as we come before you this morning, we come with repentant hearts, O oh Father. We say, Lord God, we are sorry for what, all that we have done, O oh God. And Lord, we recommit our lives to you, O oh Father. Lord, we pray this morning that, Lord God, you'll take charge. We, we, we give our lives to you. We say, Lord, come and have your way. Come and be lifted up, Lord God. Come and be the God of our lives. Lord, we surrender all to you. And we say, Lord, lead us. Lead us. Be our God and be our guide. We thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. We thank you, O Lord, that there is no one else above you. We worship you, Lord, and we adore you. We give you glory, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.